Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm pleased to welcome Tara J. Frank, to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. I recently had the opportunity to hear Tara deliver an inspiring keynote at the annual Diversity Women's Business Leadership Conference, and I couldn't wait to invite her to to talk to her about her insights. Tara is an author, advisor, teacher, and a way maker. An equity strategist, Tara uh, has advised and educated thousands of Fortune 500 executives across multiple industries and large member organizations. Her work is fueled by a deep belief in the creative power and potential of everyone. So it it focuses on building bridges between people, ideas, and opportunities. Before founding her current culture and leadership consulting company, Tara served 21 years at Hallmark Cards in multiple executive roles, including vice president of creative writing and editorial, vice president of business innovation, vice president of multicultural strategy, and corporate culture advisor to the president. She is also a proud Spelman alumna and the member of the Executive Leadership Council, the network of executive women and Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Her new book, The Waymakers, Clearing the Path to Workplace Equity and Competence and Confidence Competence, competence and comp, and confidence. Those are hard to come together, aren't they? All right. Workplace equity with competence and confidence is due out in May of next year. And I'm glad to get an advanced preview of, her, of it today and pleased to welcome Tara J. Frank to Conversations with Smart, Amazing People Like Yourself. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Nancy. I appreciate you inviting me and I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. I always start out with a personal story because, you know, I, I have found that women, when we see someone beautiful, successful and intelligent like yourself, somehow we have the opinion or have the idea that somehow they're, they're just that way. They, they, they just kind of came out of the womb that way. But you and I both know that we all have, have our trials and tribulations to become who we are. And much of what we do, there's reasons along our personal journey that really has brought us to the place where we are today. So tell us about your personal story and how did you get to be you and the author of Waymakers? Oh my gosh, that's always such a huge question for me to consider because, right, there have been a lot of years uh, that brought me to where I am today. But one thing I will share with you, since you have an interest in the story behind the story, is um, 
you know, I actually have generalized anxiety, uh, which I've had from a very young age. The reason I bring that up is I believe it shaped um, how I showed up in the world as a young person and kind of followed me my whole life because I was always really quiet and just observing everything. You know, when you have anxiety, you pay extra special attention to your surroundings, sure. to other people. You know, you're assessing, I think, to some degree, um, how safe or unsafe, right, certain situations are, environments, et cetera. And I think what that actually cultivated in me, interestingly, is a, a deep ability to listen well, to pay attention, to notice more things, right? So I've always just been really curious about other people and what they see, what they believe, what they're motivated by, how they build relationships, how they engage with others. So this watching, right, this observing that I've been doing from a very young age, I think has made me really insightful, right, about humans, <laughs> about human nature um, and about leadership by extension. Yeah. Well, as you know, I, I'm a psychologist, so I've worked with uh, many of the things that you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, again, you approach the world differently, but everyone approaches the world differently. I think that's the one thing that we have, have to understand as human beings, that each one of us is unique and how we approach anything is very individual. But again, you had a few extra steps that you needed to take before you approach anything. And listening and being curious, those are amazing qualities to have as a human being. And it looks as if you took that as an opportunity to grow and learn from. And it turned out to be very advantageous to you working for Hallmark. I can't imagine that even working for a company like that, that really is all about people, feelings, and really getting people to connect and relationships so that that was probably, in many ways, a, a real growing learning situation for you. I mean, I don't know yes. if that's and a, and a pathway, you know, honestly, that has led here. Like this won't surprise you, right? Sometimes when we find ourselves at this point in our career, and I've been, um, you know, on my professional journey for more than 25 years, you can stop at this point and say, what am I doing now? How am I showing up in the world? What am I contributing? But then go all the way back almost to the beginning, right? And start to pick up the seeds and the signs. Everything is connected. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was 14, I said I wanted to write greeting cards for Hallmark because I love to draw and I love to write. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I used to make my own cards like so many people do. Uh, <laughs> and I started there as a greeting card writer. Uh, and this whole idea of enhancing relationships, bringing people together, right, in good times and bad times um, is something that's always been a part of my professional life. And quite frankly, as an equity strategist now, as someone who helps companies and, and leaders at very high levels better understand how to create the kinds of cultures where everyone has an opportunity to win and be successful, the work is really similar in a lot of ways, to be honest, right? It's what do people need in order to be their best selves and how can we provide it in a meaningful and sustainable way? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. COVID really has helped, I think, a lot of people to really become very focused and very intentional how they are looking at the world and their relationships and what they're doing with their lives because you know with with uncertainty becomes challenges but but also really many opportunities 
And, uh, you know, this is the way I'm looking at it. I mean, I think we've all decided who we want to, who we really want to spend time with, who are our best relationships with, who are our coaches, who are our mentors, who are our supporters. And I think that's always key. And especially for women to realize that we don't get anywhere by ourselves until we support each other and, and start to really develop that network we really have a tough time going up that chain of command and into those leadership roles. So yes. Waymakers is a great tool to do that. And, you know, you've, you've described it already, but, but again, you know, why did you write the book? You know, I think you're telling yeah. me that right now, but these companies that want to be successful for, first of all, they don't want the talent walk, walking out the door. Out the door. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and this is going on right now. There are so many women that have left the workplace and getting them back to work and getting them in jobs that they actually feel that they're appreciated and that there are other diversity include and there's diversity and inclusion in there. So they're actually people they're working with that look like themselves and they can relate to is, is going to be a real challenge for a lot of companies right now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I love when people ask me why I wrote the book, because here's the reality. I spend most of my time in conversations like this with CEOs and their teams. And I noticed that they all had three things in common. The first is that they all wanted to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. The second is that they didn't really know what the right thing was. <laughs> and the third is they felt a little bit insecure about stepping into the work. Right. There was kind of this lack of, of confidence. We were joking about the, the subtitle of the book being a mouthful. Right. Yeah. The, the path to workplace equity with competence and confidence. But that's really intentional because those were the two things I noticed these leaders were missing. Really? They didn't know how to do the work, um, you know, how to do it well. They didn't know what people actually needed from them, expected from them. Um, and they didn't want to make a mistake. You know, nobody wants to set themselves up for reputational damage, right? No one wants to step in it, say the wrong thing, offend someone, insult someone. And so this hesitancy, this trepidation was really keeping leaders stuck. And I think preventing them from making the kinds of bold, intentional moves that are required to truly achieve a more equitable and inclusive workplace. So that's why I wrote it, because I wanted leaders with a heart to make a way yeah. right? Leaders who wanted to help historically excluded employees. I wanted to give them a way to do it and yeah. inspire them to do it. Yeah. Um, I was the director of a large EAP, a large healthcare system, but we did the AP for other companies. So we had so many lives under our belt as far as working with lots of different companies. And we ended up doing a lot of manager training. And it was amazing to me, the numbers of managers that come up the chain of command that really have had no management training. And, I, and I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking, there's many people that end up in leadership roles just by the fact that they've stayed there long enough, <clears throat> they've been there, they were there at the right time, and they're put in positions that they aren't necessarily qualified for, or as you said, they don't have the confidence and they don't have the competence right. uh, to do the job. And this, the one thing is that I'm also hearing is that they don't ask for help. They don't, they don't ask for help because what happens when we ask for help? We're telling on ourselves. We're, we're admitting that there's something we don't know. Yeah, but I think that's where COVID definitely comes into play is that this is a time that we really can 
uh, not only network, but but also really reach out and use resources and ask for help. So Wavemakers is about building relationships, but, but we can't build relationships unless it's a two-way process. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's so interesting to me. Somebody asked me, you know, why did you call it the Waymakers? And here's the thing, of all the, you know, black and brown and, and women, the people who have been left out of the learning loop, everyone I know who's made it to high levels of leadership in corporations, they've done so not only because of systems change, but because someone made a way for them, point blank, period. You know that because I'm sure that's been your experience and you've done it for others. I know it because it's been my experience. I've done it for others. But without somebody making that way, opening that door, removing that barrier, ushering someone through the door, we do not get to realize our full potential. And so The Waymakers is an invitation, right? That's really what the book is. It's an invitation for leaders with a heart to make a way, um, to do so, to get off the fence and into the arena. Like I'm, I'm all about the, okay, let's do this. And I'm going to help you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect you to do something different and then kind of sit back and watch you and, and grade you as you go. Yeah. I'm going to bring you along with me. Right. Right. It's being vulnerable and being, uh, being uh, available. And, you know, again, this is something that a lot of leaders think they have to be strong and they have to be purposeful and they have to be direct and they have to be action oriented and risk taking, you know, I mean, again, we know that's not true. Uh, you know, what, what you're saying is uh, as you're talking, as, and I'm saying to myself, well, I'm a way maker. That's you all, are. That, that is all that Women Connect for Good does is that it does one thing and that, that it supports other women's missions and efforts to become who and what they're po- whatever is possible to to make things make their dreams come true and make the world a better place. So we're singing the we were in the choir singing together. It's absolutely. Yes. Let me let me read this because I think it really does. Uh, and I'm not trying to take away this conversation, but I think this is a very good paragraph. The truth is, all historically excluded professionals have broken through the greater levels of belonging and achievement have succeeded not by systems change alone, but because influential leaders chose to remove barriers, open doors, and guide them toward their goals. The bottom line, someone made a way for them. And you know what? I wouldn't be here today talking to you if it hadn't been for some people in my life that opened the doors. I mean, I can still see a teacher with a, she had a big braid around her, you know, just, just this old school arm kind of, but, but she took the time to help me. She yeah. took the time to, to know that I was struggling, but I mean, these are the things that you, you can even tell a leader, what, who in your life helped you to be who you are? And is, uh, this, is okay. this a question that you ask oftentimes that, you know, who, why are you, why are you sitting here? What's your personal story? What, what made you to be, who made you the leader that you are today? Isn't that just the most important question to ask each and every leader? I will tell you, this has been one of the most inspiring parts of my conversations with people about the book, because it always gets there, Dr. Nancy. Like someone will say without me even having to bring it up, it's making me think about the people who made a way for me, right? And then those stories come up inside us. They come up inside us and we remember what those moments of truth were. We remember not only who showed up for us, but how they showed up for us. And when they showed up for us, right? Because we we talk a little in the book about these moments of truth, which is really just another way to say 
while we always need support, there are specific times in our employee journey where that support means even more. So as folks start to access, you know, their own memory about their way makers, people who made a way for them, I think it inspires them and encourages them to know I can do this. Like this, we make this super hard and I'm not suggesting it's simple, yeah. but it doesn't have to be hard, right? And those are two very different things. No, it's, it, in fact, it's a lot more fun when you, when you come together with a group that, are, that have one goal in, in mind. And, and, you know, I think every company, the ones that are really truly going to be successful and that are going to survive are the ones that truly are making a difference in the world. And everyone in, in there, well, you know, inside the company are customers. I mean, they, uh, you know, I think that's what leaders need to think about. Th these are customers and five cu customers will tell other five other customers how they feel about a company. But if, mm -hmm. if people internally are talking about the company and the corporation in a positive and how wonderful it makes them feel to be a part of a team and the ownership they feel, it's, I mean, you can bring more people in and people work harder if they yeah. believe they have ownership. They and give you more discretionary effort, they will. which is really what we need now because- yeah. Work keeps getting more complicated. Yeah. You know, there's not less work than there <laughs> than no. there was a couple of years ago. There's more, but, but and it's it's going to be different kinds of work. And mm -hmm. I think it's where companies have to be fluid and flexible, also. So yeah. you know, so we're what we're talking about. What is a waymaker? And I think that we, we're describing that they're empathetic, they're vulnerable, they're they're lifting as they rise. Yes, they are, and they're also. Um, they're also really bold too, right? Because it takes courage to, I talk about waymaking as embracing three steps. So the first is realism. And to me, what that's about is we first have to be really honest with ourselves about where we are as leaders and also where our workplace cultures are today. Like what's working, what's not working? Where do we have some brokenness? We have to take a good long look in the mirror, right? In order to really understand where to go from here. The second step is responsibility. And I think about that this way. I say to leaders all the time, look, this is not the work of your HR department. This is not the work of your DEI person. This is your work. If you are a leader in this organization, you have to take responsibility for shifting the culture, for shifting the energy, right? Yeah. For in yeah. ensuring that everybody plays a part here. And then the last piece, as you've talked about so eloquently, is really about building that relationship. And we have to get better at doing that across differences because that's what opens the door to opportunity. Well, at the equestrian center, I told you I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to do any and every job. You know, if I have to go in and muck a stall, which basically that means clean up the horse poop and whatever, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I want people to know that I may be, I may own the place and I may be, you know, I'm the proprietor and I'm the head of the equestrian center, but I want every person here to know that anything that I ask you to do, I'm willing to do myself. And I think that's the other thing that when you see leaders who are really willing to get in there and do the tough stuff and that tough stuff's going around asking people, you know, how they're doing, what's going on. What does that show? The, who's the boss that goes in under, under cover and goes through the company, but it's such a wonderful learning experience because they really truly find out how they feel about the company, how they feel about each other and how they so feel true. about the job they're doing. So true. And sometimes we don't ask good questions, Dr. Nancy, because we don't really want to know the answer. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, but we don't get better unless <laughs> we find those answers, you know, yeah. unless we get a better sense of who we really are today. Yeah. And one of the questions you, you, you asked was why has change, I mean, you're asking for me to tell, ask about why has change taken so long in inclusion, taken so long in diversity so long? Why is it taking so long for us? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It honestly is very connected to the whole responsibility piece. So you know, and you know because you're a psychologist, that anytime we go through any major change, you always have people in those three camps, right? You have people on the front end of the change, like, let's go, I'm ready. You have people on the other end, crossing their arms, digging their heels in, basically like, I like it this way, leave me alone. But you always have the majority of people in the middle and they are sitting on the fence, right? They are observing, they're watching and waiting. They're trying to assess whether and how to get into the arena. And they're trying to figure out if they're willing to take those risks. And the reason we're stuck is because of the people on the fence is because for too long, there have been people observing, waiting, expecting somebody else to do the hard work and not necessarily seeing themselves as having an active role in facilitating the change. So I call the Waymakers an invitation because what I'm really doing is calling all those people in the middle, right? Off yeah. the fence, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. into the work. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the ownership, you know, here, you know, I, I we, we had a big event this past weekend and I said, every one of you is responsible, but every one of you is responsible for this amazing outcome that we had, you mm -hmm. know? So, and, and again, you know, when people start to think about it in terms of, you know, when you show up here, you're a part of something bigger, a part yes. of something that hopefully you see is valuable and making a difference. And, and, and again, I think that's something that leaders sometimes don't think about. It's, it's the environment, it's the beliefs, it's the attitudes, it's the culture of yes. the company that has to continue to, to really, as you say, invite people to become a part of it as part of uh, and their ownership and responsibility to help it to continue to grow. Right. And to your point, this is about how we model. This is about our daily choices and behaviors, right? I talk about, as you know, culture as existing on three levels. It's like the claim, that's who we say we are. <laughs> you know, the policies, the rules we put in place to reinforce who we say we are. Yeah. But then you have those norms. How are we showing up as leaders every single day? How are we making our choices? How are we behaving? Because those are the kinds of things that are going to create and sustain a culture. And that's also what everybody else is watching. So we yeah. have to see ourselves as playing not only an active role, but a leadership role, right? In, in modeling for results. Yeah. Well, I, I hope when everybody, anybody leaves here that works with me, I say works with me, not works for me, works with me, leaves here and is proud to say they work here. That would, to me, be definitely a positive and know that I'm doing something right. There's no doubt about it. So what, what sets this book apart from every other book and something that we need to be in our hands, a book in our hands? We have to have this book. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, one is... It's research-based. So a lot of books are, but I want to tell you really specifically what makes this one different. We did some proprietary research uh, for this book with a company called Brand Trust. It's a behavioral sciences firm um, yeah. that helps companies right meet their consumer needs more meaningfully. Right. What we did is we asked hundreds of employees across industries, across dimensions of difference, what makes them feel seen, respected, valued, and protected? And we asked them what makes them feel invisible. 
and disrespected and underappreciated, right? And scrutinized. And they told us stories about all of those emotional states. From those emotional states, we were able to glean what leaders and colleagues actually do or don't do to cultivate genuine inclusion. So I say that to say, no other book has that, right? When I talk about inclusion being about daily choices and behaviors, the daily choices and behaviors were brought to the surface by this proprietary research that we did. I also spoke to 30 of the top uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion professionals, and Dr. Sheila was one of them. I spoke to 30 uh, professionals about what really works inside their organizations. Like not all the strategy and the theory. What are the things that have worked, that have driven progress? That's also in the book. And lastly, I've done this work, right? Like I I was an executive in a company for many, many years. So I know what... I know what they need to better understand. I know how these ideas manifest in real time, right? And so I speak I speak the language of the leader who has power and position, who really needs to say, who really needs to know just what do I do, Tara? Okay, I get that. What do I do? And so it is a tool, right? It's a tool for people to understand more about what great looks like, but then to build a bridge to great. Yeah. So summarize, if you're a, you are a leader, you're sitting there, summarize to me why you consider yourself a, to be a good leader. Tell me that. Why I consider myself to be a good leader? Yeah, you're, you're teaching everyone. So why, yeah. why, tell me, tell me, I want to know if, I, if I'm doing the right things because I, I, I consider myself a good leader. I, I consider myself a great communicator. I also like to observe and listen as well, but what makes you a great leader? Yeah, so I seek to understand how the people around me define success, right? And then I very intentionally, very specifically, help them build a bridge from where they are to where they want to be. I ultimately make a way, right, to that highest aspiration. We all have a professional high ground. Yeah, yeah. And my role, I see my role as helping people get there. With the book, I'm hoping to help thousands, if not millions of people get there, right? By better equipping leaders to make a way. Fantastic. Well, I think you're you're on the right track to say the oh, least. Oh, thank you. I think, I think this is a wonderful book. Um, okay, so let's let's learn where we can, well, also I have a challenge for you. Yes. Again, of course, I don't do these 30 minute conversations just for the heck of it. I do it to build the community. So I definitely would like to help uh, help us to grow our communities together. And uh, one of the ways we can do that is the Lift Women Up campaign. And we've been doing this for the past year. We just put out a brand new list of 52 weeks of what women can do to lift other women up. And this is something very simple women can do each and every day, if, especially in companies. If you're lifting, if you're rising, you lift as you go. So we would love to get that information to you and challenge you to become a member of the Lift Women Up campaign. So there you go. Lifting women up is my thing. Well, good. We'll get, some, <laughs> we'll get some information to you. But okay, so they want to buy this book. They want to know more about you and they want you to come into their companies and make them successful. So where do they go? Yes, thank you so much for that. So they can go to wearethewaymakers.com. 
they can buy the book there. There are several options because I know people can be particular about where they buy their books. There are several options to pre-order the book. It will be out on May 3rd in people's hands. Um, so that's exciting. They can also go if they want to learn more about me and my work and my consulting and leadership work. Uh, they can go to tarajfrank.com. Fantastic. Well, Tara, congratulations on the book and everything that you're doing. You're you're a wonderful woman making a difference in the world and making it a better place for all of us. So congratulations. Continued best wishes in all things. And uh, let's not make this the only time that we talk. And hopefully one day we'll actually meet each other. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Nancy, for inviting me and, and sharing your space with me and your community. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you have a great day. We'll talk, you too. talk again soon. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 influential women share their secrets to leadership, business, and life. Thank you for listening.